0: Hi guys, welcome to another podcast of bets and balance sheets. Uh, today, we are speaking about the risks and rewards of expanding to new gambling markets, uh, exploring what's behind the scenes in these strategies, uh, how companies think about them and how they plan it. Uh, today, we have uh, Melvin with us. Uh, he is uh, he was the uh, general manager at Leo Vegas for a while now, and he's just starting his new uh, venture, uh, founder of Excite. Um, is going to launch very, very soon. And also we have Ivo, CEO at uh, Playbook Engineering, having worked with IGP and Sporting Tech. Both of them have a lot of experience into launching products in new markets and helping companies do so. Uh, And that's why they are here. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Um, And we can start by just exactly that, Uh, trying to understand what is behind the scenes on this process of uh, entering new markets how do they plan? How do companies uh, pick these markets? Um, yeah, just get us all the insights.
1: Okay, so thank you for having us here. I think it's an absolute pleasure to be part of this podcast. Uh, so thank you for the invite. Thank you, everyone. Well, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Very vague. I don't, I don't think we, have, uh, we can cover it in 20 minutes, but there are things that are transversal to all the markets. I think we can, we can share a few. For me, I think one of the main concerns is regulation. Um, And, of course, you can add layers of product and everything. But regulation and uncertainty in certain markets, for me, I think are are the the breaking point where you decide to go or not to go. Then taxation, obviously, for several reasons, is is a big must. So you need to consider those before considering what kind of operation you're going to have, what what exactly the market needs and asks in order for you to actually be successful over there. So I think, for me, those two are are crucial to, to consider when you're when when you're looking to a new, a new jurisdiction.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we go back 10, 15, whatever years, you launch a casino and you have global coverage and it kind of works here and there. And then maybe you see some markets doing better than others. You put a bit more focus there and you start to develop. But these days, if you want to launch a new casino, you really have to say, okay, I want to go after this market and you focus on that, right? You can't just say we'll launch something or maybe you're already live in some markets and you say, ah, let's translate now into I don't know portuguese and launch in brazil and and see how it goes you're not going to succeed right you need to actually put the uh well the research behind it you need to then have the the capacity actually with your business to actually deliver that as well you can't just say oh let's launch it maybe we hire a translation or a marketing country manager and we'll go with it no you need to have everyone on board you need to have your legal team on board like you're saying taxation or accounting. Uh, from the get-go you need to make sure that you can operate there legally and sound but you need also your tech team there you need your product team there you need your support you need your operations you need need everything literally yeah planned out and mapped out because if you don't yeah just launching a new market without focusing on it it's not gonna not gonna work
1: it's it's not it's not infinite resources right so uh, allocating and and focus in, in a market it's not just having boots on the ground as, as you are saying you need more uh, you need all the company and the structure to actually pull towards that otherwise it, it's it's a big mess um marketing is is good having a good general manager is good a country manager whatever that is good but from customer support up to delivery everything needs to be in line. otherwise it, it will fail and today the market is so competitive and then that is really tough and so you can lose money in this process so maximizing all of this and i don't know if we're going to talk us because it's a a good emerging market i would say of course it's not emerging but it's there for quite some time probably melvin you can you can speak a little bit about us but that's a market where if you don't get it right from the beginning, uh, most likely you, you, you'll struggle to be successful. Yeah,
0: I think that's it's a very interesting point that you mentioned about like local partners as well and uh, having the right people on the ground. But before that, I'd like to even ask you, is that what actually happens in real life? That like they pick one market and go for it? Or in reality, the what happens is something different?
2: I've seen both uh i've done both i've seen both uh, again if i think back a lot of years ago what we actually did early days royal panda we launched a whole bunch of markets and we maybe tolerated 50 markets of which five six seven just performed better than others and then we said okay what can we do extra here can we get localized support can we get localized this can we get better payments coverage can we get better games coverage can we do better marketing more focus because we're seeing the performance. And we, but if you start something now and you say okay let's launch a new market let's say brazil or chile Pro, whatever in latam or somewhere else um, i've seen both i've seen companies that say oh we translate the website we go live and then we see how it how it starts picking up and if it pick, picks up we put more investment behind it and we but then you won't really take off like if you don't put everything in place you don't localize well enough you don't have the the good product the good service level the good marketing the good tech like you need literally a to z Otherwise, it's just not going to take off anymore. And
1: uh, yeah, yeah. If I may add, it's it's yeah, I think it's more than that. We are in an industry that changes. I'm not going to say every week, but it changes a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So in a year time, it changes a lot. So when when you talk about a market like like you just mentioned Brazil, Brazil by itself has a continental kind of uh, size. So even even in Brazil, you have differences, a huge difference between what what happens in in Bahia, Espirito Santo, Sao Paulo to gener- everything is different the player is different demographics is different the investment is different and the player behavior is different and and that can also change by local players and international players that just do something different uh, we were talking uh, I think it's backstage right mm-hmm. we were talking sure. backstage a little bit and um actually Melvin mentioned two players in this market I don't know if you want to talk about it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, go Group, ahead. you know these markets Karsen as well. So. And, and, <laughs> Batano and also uh, Betson, how they approach that market. So same market to two, two establish entities and completely different strategies. One goes for acquisition, the other one doesn't. So one is more brand awareness, sponsoring, influencers, et cetera, et cetera. Both of them work. Both of them are correct. Both of them come with their own risks. But in the end of the day uh how they maximize this and and what is the profit that they actually can take from that market it all depends of of the final strategy so he, there's space for mistakes but there's also a lot of opportunity so i think in the end it's just balancing it out
2: yeah and that's indeed well that that that's latin right or that's brazil more specifically yeah. than betson or uh, betano but if you look even at the netherlands for instance it's a market that's been regulated for nearly two years now uh, of course, there were quite some operators that were active there before the regulation as well. Some of them built a massive market share. Uh, for instance, uh, Unibet or Kindred Group, they did very well. But unfortunately, of course, they were not one of the first to go live because of it. That gave an opportunity for a brand new player, BetCity, coming out of nowhere. And I believe it was really within their first year of actually being live. They sold for, I don't know, what was it? 300 million plus, 500 million earn out of something massive to entertain. So... For Bet City, a company that had no activity in the Netherlands before, building something that big, that quickly and making an exit before even others, before uh, Unibet was allowed to re-enter the market effectively, it was huge for them. At the same time, Entain now has one of the market-leading brands uh, by acquisition as well, right? So there's, there's all the players there and... After Unibet actually re-entered the market, they're already one of the market leaders again. So they still manage to leverage of the brand awareness that they did have pre-regulated markets. So there's there's so many routes to still being successful in markets. Of course, new or soon to be regulated markets. I think that's where you can, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call it easily, but there's the big, big opportunity. uh, Whereas markets that are not yet regulating or the markets that are long time regulated maybe it takes a bit more time or it's more difficult to to gain that opportunity
0: mm-hmm. you guys speak like spoke about uh, translating the website and those and those marketing materials and understanding the demographics uh how do, how much do you think that the culture on these places impact the decision of actually going there and also the chances of success within your within your business expanding to those markets
1: yeah you have to know the market you're going to right uh culture is is uh is one of the main main factors, and and uh, the society fabrics. It will also influence the, the way um, you market your marketing, that you go to the market and how you decide to to actually acquire your customer. There are some cultural restrictions, I would say. um So one one of the good examples that that you were saying, UAE and uh, Islamic countries, right? Mm-hmm. By the Quran. You, they are, they are forbidden to, to gamble, right? But we see, for example, Egypt has, I think it's like 14 casinos. Um, and uh, you see that it's possible to have gambling in these areas, but you need to be very conscious and very cautious on how to uh, to, to approach this, these markets. And so with with respect and understanding of, of the culture, you can do it, but there has to be a comprehensive understanding and, and respect on how things are done. Otherwise, you can just question burn.
2: Actually, UAE just reminded me, I I was uh, there a couple of years ago watching uh, Formula One in in Abu Dhabi and I've been in in Dubai a couple of times. One of the things they do is also they differentiate for the locals and the foreigners, right? So all the the locals, they cannot actually drink there. So even at the Formula One race, there were specific sections where locals were not even allowed in, only the foreigners, and they were allowed to drink there, they were allowed to do things there. I feel like with the the gambling regulation, it will be similar to, to that, where the locals maybe are not allowed to uh, to participate, but the foreigners, the tourists, they're uh, they're okay. Uh, so, uh, which yeah. kind of makes sense. And uh,
0: even now, they are assembling a commission to uh, understand the impact of gambling in their in their society. So it's something that we're probably going to see uh, some uh, some evolution in the future. But not only cultural part, but also politically, it can affect the success that you have. Uh, in certain markets, we have a lot of operators that, for example, try to get into Germany and fail because of um, political situations that happen there as well. Um, how can you prevent those kind of those kind of things? Is it possible or is also a gamble?
2: The reason I would say that Germany is not working is that from my personal perspective, the regulation doesn't make sense. Um, there is literally no reason that I can come up with that why you would want to be uh, with the the German gambling license right now, because the the black market has ninety five percent market share, has yeah. insane profitability, whereas the the regulated uh, every licensed casino has to deal with restrictions that are very player unfriendly. Mm-hmm. so if I were to launch anything myself at the moment, it would definitely not target the German regulated market because I just don't see that as as a good business case at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's just not an interesting product for the consumer and that's where it needs to start it needs to be an interesting product for the consumer which you cannot build i think within the current german framework and it is so easy to play at the unlicensed casinos in germany which is what all the players are doing it's it's i don't have the the, the official stats but i believe it's over 95% of the market that actually plays on the unlicensed there which to me says that the the yeah the german licensing system has failed
0: mm-hmm. yeah So what do you think is um, the best places to go to, the best markets, the most interesting ones at the moment uh, to enter?
2: I don't know if I could really pick one. Uh, I still think there are opportunities in a lot of different countries. Uh, Like I said, even new or soon-to-be regulated markets, I personally would go for then we, uh, I, I don't like to comment on specific <laughs> markets because either I might want to go after them myself or, uh, uh, you know, you, you might not want to mention going after. But no, I, uh, yeah, I would personally say there are some to avoid where I say, no, I yeah. don't waste your time there. But there are so many good opportunities still out there. If you have the, the right team, the knowledge and the, the focus, and that's what I said before. Don't try to launch uh, into five interesting markets at the same time. Focus one that you really want to do. Do it right. Put all your focus there. And if you're realizing you have extra resources, sure, pick a second. If you have extra resources, pick a third. But the worst thing you can do is go after five new opportunities, have 20, 20, 20, 20 focus on each of them and not succeed anywhere. I think that's the worst thing you can do. If you're going after something now, be focused, be laser focused. Don't cast that wide net or, or try to fish, you know, everywhere, but, you know, go after one thing and do that right. Uh, that's what I would say.
1: Well, for us, for our customers, I think, um, UK is a very interesting market. We, we have, uh, we have the solution over there. It works perfectly. So the product is re- really good over there in UK. So I would say that will always be one of our main focus. Although it's a mature market might be a little bit saturated. It is a very competitive market. It is still good, and the product is good. Regulation, yeah, it in line. It protects the player, and that's what you want in the in the in the end. So it's a good market. But again, as as, as he mentioned, uh, we need to go to the emerging markets and new markets, and I think mm-hmm. there's a huge opportunity for me. I see it in Brazil, but again, you have you have the the political issue, and you have the uncertainty around regulation that changes almost every week, uh, and so. Building a, a business plan around this insanity is is quite hard, but the opportunity is there and so if you do if you are aware of the difficulties and the challenges over there, I think you, I think you can succeed very very well so we we see this quite often
0: and do you think that it might happen, for example, this Brazil use case that you might enter a market that's even though it's not regulated, is already saturated
1: saturated i would I would not say because it's a huge market and it's creating new players almost on a weekly basis
2: and And also the moment it's regulated and and socially accepted and you you get more opportunities in terms of marketing product etc etc like i i don't think the market is saturated now
0: okay do you do you think it can happen uh, entering a market
1: that is not regulated yet but is already saturated again for that one my personal opinion i think it will reach 170 million active players at least so to become saturated, I think it still has yeah, it still has to grow. It will grow exponentially for sure, but uh, to reach that target, it will take time for sure.
0: okay. And just to finish because I think this is also a very interesting question for for the people that are um, intending on entering new markets. You mentioned having the right partners and finding local people that uh, are able to support you on that journey. How do you find these people? and what are like what do you think are the best practices in choosing them? um over the course of entering a market that you don't know much about but you think there's a lot of potential
1: there yeah i think for me that is one of the biggest challenge if not the challenge itself um across time there are really good professionals out there um uh, but there you don't have quantity you have quality a lot of quality but you don't have quantity which is kind of bizarre when you think oh there's a huge population over there yes but working in gaming uh and and this is very specific uh, you don't have that so many professionals out there. So I think that is one of the biggest challenges. So to find them, I think you have to go with referrals and, and trust the professionals that are doing recruitment in those areas. We have really good companies doing that. Um, and you, you have to go with it. Um, but I prefer to build teams from, from scratch. So even if I take someone junior, I think we need to dedicate the time to mentor them and just, just try to try to grow them and, and make really good solid teams. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the same, like finding good people is tough. Uh, If you need just advice, right? I'm sure there's plenty of advisory companies that can help you to build a business case and maybe a launch plan. But if you actually want to build a product, if you actually want to operate, you need a good team with good people. Uh, And like you said, I'm just starting my new venture now, Excite. Uh, We'll need good people. So I'll use this as a a pitch actually, (laughs) come apply, but yeah. Uh, By the time this goes live, probably we'll still need a lot of good people. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be the challenge for sure.
0: Um, One thing that I see also happening a lot is the opposite. Is, for example, you are in America and you want to launch in America, but you don't have a lot of gambling experience. So you go and find people in Europe that build casinos and build these online ventures. Um, Do you see that happen a lot? Like the complete opposite, local people trying to find external partners that bring the knowledge?
2: For sure. And especially in the U.S. I think you see this a lot and not just by individuals. I'm sure anyone indeed who's been in Europe in in casino space or uh, betting space for some time has been approached by I don't know how many recruiters or uh, uh, consultant uh, companies like, hey, come help us out here. Uh, But even by massive M&A deals, right? You see now the U.S. companies actually acquiring European or existing iGaming businesses just to get the tech, just to get the people, to get the knowledge, to get the infrastructure, uh, for sure, I think that's one of the big ways in which you do it. Yeah. Nothing
1: to have.: Yeah <laughs> no, no, Nothing to. Nothing
2: that's to great. <laughs> okay, guys,
0: I don't think I have more questions for you to. Uh, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I think uh, for me it was really insightful, so I hope that for you guys was also insightful. Uh, and yeah, make sure you follow us on social media and follow up with the next episodes because there will be more. So thank you so much and speak soon. Thank, thank, you, thank you very you. much cheers. for uh, having us.:. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. Well, cheers. <laughs>